Would you pray with me? Lord, give us what we need to live and to serve you faithfully. You don't need to give us all that we desire, for we want far too much for our own good. You don't need to give us everything that our neighbors have. You just need to give us what we need. Therefore, we are bold to pray, give us this day our daily bread. Teach us the grace of contented living, the joy of being satisfied with what we have, the freedom that comes from being released from ceaseless striving. For all your good gifts, we give thanks. Particularly, we thank you for the daily gifts of food, of family, and friends. Those ordinary ways that you show your daily care for us. Amen. On Easter, the two despondent disciples walked together towards a little village outside of Jerusalem called Emmaus. A stranger joined them, asking them why they look so depressed. Are you the only person who hasn't heard the things that have taken place this weekend? They told him about the death of Jesus, which had occurred three days before. Then, as they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he was going to go on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it's almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took bread blessed it, broke it, and gave it to him. Their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. When we want to meet God, we Christians do not generally go up to some high mountain, nor do we rummage around in the depths of our psyches, do not hold hands, close our eyes, and sing Kumbaya in the hope of revelation. We gather, as we do today, and break bread in Jesus' name. That's where he has chosen to meet us. And that's where our, where our eyes are opened and we recognize him. We pray, give us this day our daily bread, not just as a survival strategy. No matter how much bread we get, we shall not survive, for we are mortal. In praying for daily bread, we are praying for the daily presence of God among us. This Sunday, we continue in our series on the Lord's Prayer. Having completed the first two petitions, which are called the Thy petitions, Thy will be done uh, on earth as it is in heaven. We begin a series of petitions for our needs for our preservation. We will, in sequential order, talk about bread, forgiveness, and deliverance over the next few weeks. For these things are the things that supply our daily need and form a trust and knowledge in God for whom we are truly dependent. The Heidelberg Catechism 
question 21 says, what, what is true faith? And true faith is, the response is trust and knowledge in God and Jesus Christ. For trust is indeed the foundation of a life that can be committed to generosity, to know that God supplies our needs. And that same trust gives the strength to make sacrifices for the good of others and for the love of neighbor, which may not always and altogether be, be what we want or desire. We see in this bold asking for bread a depth of theology that at first we might not quickly glance. For we Christians, we who stand within the Judeo-Christian tradition, think about creation as good. God created the world and pronounced on each day that creation was good. We don't reject the idea that we are part and parcel of creation, and indeed God's love and grace are made known in creation as they are in covenant and as they are in Christ. For us, as contrasted or compared to some of the other religions, life is not simply an endless cycle, samsara, of continually rebirth. Or in the Buddhist tradition, to become detached, to relieve suffering but rather we are called to engage with creation itself as a responsibility and trust, as vital to our sustenance. And oh, today, when I'm asked in conversation, which, is, which in Northern Virginia is, I guess, the question, what do you do? And um, I think about that a little bit. What do I do? I took last Sunday off. Yeah, thank you. But you know, I got by with a little help from my friends. It reminds me of a, no, it's not. I, I, you know, I'll say, well, I'm a, 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 if I'm bold, I'll say a Protestant clergy. If I'm really bold, I'll say, I'm the pastor of Fairfax United Methodist Church. Or if I'm not, I'll just say, well, I'm generally involved in human relations. <laughs> but as that conversation goes on, people will say, you know, I'm, I'm not very religious, but I am spiritual. And depending upon the gathering, I either, I either, um, I'll either say, well, let me get another cup of coffee, or I'll say, really? I, I didn't know you could be generically spiritual. How can you, how can you, because this idea of generic spirituality is really a cop-out. It's simply a, a way to, it's really a way of self-centered idolatry. You simply cannot be generic spiritually. Christianity, Judaism, are not means to be otherworldly, but to be very worldly, 
and to be real in this world. Christianity, Bishop William Temple, devotional writer, Christianity is the most materialistic of any religion. It's not a very spiritual religion, if by that word we mean otherworldly. Any notion that Christianity is some trip into never-never-land is dispelled by the time the Lord's Prayer gets down to the nitty-gritty and boldly asks for bread. The act of asking for bread is for us a daily reminder that our lives, like our bread, are gifts from God. Daily we are dependent upon God, just like the Hebrews in the wilderness who would have starved had not God sent the gift of manna. So we would perish were it not for the daily, mundane, essential gifts of God. We, therefore, are bold to ask God for our daily bread. The prayer at this point reminds us that we are fleshy people who live by bread. Salvation is the realization not only that our lives are gifts, but also that our lives are daily dependent upon and constituted by bread, which this prayer has taught us to regard as a gift. The church is always teaching us through this prayer that our lives are fragile. I want you to hear that that our lives are fragile, dependent creation, and that God cares about all of that. God gives us what we need, even something so mundane, so utterly essential as bread. When we gather here for the Lord's Supper, we are faced with the reality that is far too deep for words. It is a reality too true to be a mere matter of noble inclination or ideas. This faith does its business in bread and wine. This God transforms all of our lives, even the most earthly and ordinary of lives, into signs of the divine presence. So when asked what, what we believe about God, we Christians tend to point to a group of former strangers, eating together around a table as family called Eucharist. Or we take you to a dark river where folk are descending into the waters, dying to their old lives and old selves, rising as new creations called baptism. The table, a loaf of bread, the bath, all become expressions of the way our Lord has intruded in our world, claiming it as his own. Christianity is materialistic. At this point in the prayer, we ought to move towards honest confession. Let's face it. Most of us don't think much about our daily bread. Because for most of us, at least, the people who, for us who hear this, bread is not a problem. Most of us perish from too much bread rather than too little, filling the gnawing emptiness within us through ceaseless consumption. Last year, over 40 million people traveled through the Mall of America. We are rich, and as we have noted in Scripture, rich people sometimes are in big trouble. I want to tell you about Guatemala. A woman, Nueve Tenango, trudges up the mountain each day to gather and then carry down the mountain the sticks for her cooking fire. She then goes back up the mountain to fetch water for cooking the food. Then she grinds the corn her husband has raised, cherishing every kernel, 
hoping that this season's corn will last through the winter. The tortillas are made in the palm of her hand. She drops them on the pan, cooks them, and feeds them one by one to her children. The only food that they will have that day, filling their aching stomachs. That woman undoubtedly prays, give us this day our daily bread differently from the way that we pray that petition. People in our situation, people here, ought to pray for the grace to be able to say in a culture of overconsumption, give us grace to know when enough is enough. Or help to say no when the world entices us with so much. In praying this prayer, perhaps we will learn to get back to basics. Perhaps we will become schooled in desiring what we really need rather than that which we desire. Perhaps one day we would be able to say with Paul, I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I know that it is, what it is to have little, and I know what it is to have plenty. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry, of having plenty and of being in need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. We've talked here of the significance of praying our Father, our Father. Here we pray, give us our daily bread. We are not praying for my bread. It's our bread. Bread is a communal product. No bread is eaten alone. The farmers in North Dakota, the bakers in New York, the delivery truck drivers here in Northern Virginia all make it a corporate endeavor. None of us eats or lives alone. I want you to think about that and its meaning for our life together. A group of students, seminarians, spending a week at a Trappist monk observing silence. At an evening meal, enjoying the silence, the wonderful, delicious bread, one of the seminarian blurts out, hey, did we make this bread or did somebody give it to us? And one of the monks answered, yes. In, in one of his sermons, uh, St. Augustine says something like that, when, when the the priest or the pastor prays before the bread on the altar on Sunday. It's not, the priest, it's not that the priest is saying that by virtue of this prayer, this ordinary bread is now transformed into a sacrament strange and extraordinary. It is rather that in praying the prayer of thanksgiving at the altar, the priest, the pastor, acknowledges the bread as a gift of a loving God, and therefore that it is holy, a sacrament. A person participating in their prayer, like you, or like you might say, the bread upon the altar looks suspiciously like the bread I had and made into toast this morning for breakfast. Mm, I did not think that that was particularly holy. And that's right. That's the point. Now, after praying this prayer over bread on church on Sunday, perhaps you will eat your bread differently on Monday. Amen.